What a powerful message in that song. Do not save it all for Christmas Day. I read something this morning that really stirred me uh, in my spirit, in my thinking. Um, How many of you this morning are ready for Christmas? You've got all your presents bought. You don't have anything yet to look for. Wow. But we know it's coming. The 25th comes that same day every year. And we're still not prepared for it. What about that day that we don't know? That unknown day. If it's so hard for us to prepare for a day that we know is coming. How much harder is it sometimes for us to prepare for that unknown day that is yet to come? I want to be prepared not only for Christmas, but I want to be prepared for eternity. Whatever God has next, whatever God's planning for 2012, I want to be prepared for it. Amen. And I think it begins by understanding again the real message of Christmas. And don't save all of that love that you've got. Give it away. Share it with somebody. Smile at somebody. Amen. I I think most of you are aware that Christmas time is one of the most difficult seasons of the year for a lot of people because it is supposed to be a time of great joy and yet so many families are in turmoil and so many lives are turned upside down and people don't know what to do. But I promise you this morning that if you will... Go back and read again and rediscover the powerful truth of what this season represents. God with us. Amen. Say that right now. God with us. Every problem you come encounter with, say it. God is with me. God with us. Whatever you run into tomorrow, say it again. God is with me. Whatever you wake up to the next day, God with us. He's with us every moment, every hour. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And for for that, I am so very thankful this morning. It's good to have guests here today. Very happy to see you in the house of the Lord. And please, church family, I want to give you a 10-minute rule when church is over. You have 10 minutes to not meet anybody but somebody you don't know. So you're going to have to get around, shake hands with somebody, and welcome them into the house of the Lord. Thank them for coming to be with us this Sunday morning. It's great to have Brother and Sister Frizzell home. Um, Amen. Give them a hand. Uh, They're going to be here for a few weeks and so many good things uh, to catch up on. I know God has been doing some marvelous things in uh, Asia. Uh, He bases out of Bangkok, but he goes to Cambodia and Vietnam and Nepal and India and China. I think the door has opened even to go into China. Uh, Just so many opportunities and they're having great revival. God's doing wonderful things. They'll be sharing some of that with us while they're here. God bless you. Stand with me in honor of the Word of God. I I am torn 
between <clears throat> a couple of thoughts this morning, but I, I really feel quickened by the Lord to speak to you from the book of Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2 and one verse of scripture, verse number 12. Um, if you will allow me to be transparent today, I hope that I can share with you the burden of my heart and hopefully unburden yours. Amen. What a deal. What a deal God makes with us that he puts a burden on a preacher's heart to help you unburden your heart. Amen. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 12, and it reads, And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. They departed into their own country another way. For a few moments, I would like to talk to you about taking a different road home. Taking a different road home. Everybody put your Bibles down, reach over and join hands with somebody that's next to you and let's pray together. Father, we come before you right now. And I know that without your help, God, what I have to say will fall flat. It will not reach the heart and the ears that need to hear. But this morning, Lord, I pray that you will minister. I pray that you will move. I pray, God, that you will quicken something within us. Something will be anointed within our hearts and something ignited in the Spirit. That we will not leave this place the same way that we came. We ask it in Jesus' name that your blessings would be upon every person. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore him Christ the Lord, for He alone is worthy, for He alone is worthy, for He alone is worthy, he the Lord, oh, come, let us adore. Oh, come, let us adore. Oh, come, let us adore. Him cry the Lord. This morning, I remind you of the season of which we are a part of. It is that wonderful time of the year. And I say that uh, from the sincerity of my heart. That's how I look at this time of year. It is the most wonderful time of the year. It's an opportunity not only 
uh, Christmas, but the combination of Christmas and Thanksgiving to really turn our hearts and minds toward what really matters and what really counts. And uh, having a spirit of thanksgiving and being thankful is one of the greatest uh, things that can happen in a person's life. And it doesn't come because you have what you want. I know a lot of people that have a lot of things and still are unhappy and miserable. Uh, Happiness is not connected to what I have. It has to do with who I am. And when I understand who I am and whose I am, it changes my life and the way that I look at life. And there is a spirit that comes out of that, of thanksgiving. One of the great tragedies of the world and perhaps a sin that is far worse than leprosy. Uh, And leprosy, if you know anything about the Bible... Leprosy was a disease that affected and inflicted the body. And though it did not cause uh, limbs to deteriorate per se, it caused a loss of feeling and sensitivity to the point where men would inadvertently cut a hand or a finger or injure themselves and not even know it because leprosy was working in their body. It was a horrible, horrible disease and it was enough to have you ostracized. But uh, there is something worse than leprosy. And all through the Bible, leprosy is tied to sin and what sin does to an individual. But I repeat again to you this morning that there is something worse than the sin of leprosy And that is the sin of unthankfulness. Jesus healed ten lepers. And they all went on their way to the priest. And only one of them realized in the journey what had happened and came back. And Jesus asked the question, were there not ten? Where are the nine? It is a horrible thing to be unthankful. And so... This season of the year gives opportunity for us to refresh ourselves in being thankful and then in understanding that the greatest gifts that have ever been given and the greatest gift that has ever been given cannot compare to the gift that was given in the baby Jesus Christ. That in that child was the hope of the world and God condescended to us and became one of us that he might be able to identify with us in every way. And so that wonderful gift uh, of a child and the promise and the birth and He didn't stay a child, and I'm thankful for that. We don't worship an image of a child. We don't worship the Virgin Mary this morning because Mary was the mother, but only a surrogate mother. The the Spirit of God was what overshadowed and made all of that happen. But here this morning, the promise was of a child that would change the world 
And he has literally done that. And I am thankful that I know him today. I'm thankful that I know him. And so Christmas gives us opportunity to worship him. And let's do that right now. Come on, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ. If you know Him and you know more than just His name, but you know Him in fellowship and you know Him in spirit, worship Him this morning. Praise God. There's so many things about this season that make me thankful. But I realize that for a lot of people, it is not that kind of a season for them. And for many people, it's a very stressful time because... They don't have the money to give and so forth. And we have become so materialistic that we've forgotten that it's not what you give, it's how you give. And, and it is uh, the fact, the, the, the spirit of the gift. The woman who had one might uh, compared to what the Pharisees and the others offered was nothing in comparison. But Jesus stopped the disciples and he took note of her that she had given out of her penury, she had given out of her poverty, and he recognized her gift as being greater than all the other gifts. So it doesn't matter whether you buy it at Walmart or if there was a Kmart or you get it at Goodwill or you buy it from Sackowitz. That doesn't have anything to do with it. What it has to do with is the spirit in which it is given. And you need to remember that on this Christmas season, that it's not about the number of gifts, it's about the spirit of giving that we must get reconnected to, to really enjoy this time of the year. And somebody said, Amen. But it is a difficult time. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that so much of Christmas and Thanksgiving is centered around the home. And the home for a lot of people is a difficult place. And it is a time of difficulty for them to enjoy the season. But listen to me this morning. There is a a way out. And there is a remedy. Brother J.T. Pugh used to say, and I wrote it down, and I don't remember exactly how long ago it was, but I, I remember hearing him say, there are three things that are hard, if not impossible, to do. One of them is to climb a fence that is leaning toward you. That's almost impossible to do. The other thing is to kiss a girl that's leaning away from you. Anybody here say amen? The third thing that is hard if not impossible is to help somebody that's walking away from you. I hope this morning that you are not walking away from me because I want to help someone here today. It is difficult in life to change direction. It's easy to talk about it, but it's hard to actually do it. Many of us have made purposed or we purposed in our mind that we were going to uh, go to the gym and work out and, and we were going to change our physical habits and our eating habits and We talk a good talk, but when you actually have to put shoe leather to it, a lot of us have failed miserably in that direction. And I don't want to bring up a sensitive subject this morning, but it's easy to talk about change. It's much more difficult to actually visualize and see the change. I do know this, that it's easier to change something moving than something that's stationary. 
And a lot of times in life, things come to a stop. They come to a halt. And so it takes a lot more energy and effort to get them moving. And it could be that way in in relationships. It could be that way in a job that situations come to a stop and and they get stuck. And to get them moving many times requires a great more of effort than we are willing to give. But it's difficult to change direction. The older you get, the more difficult it is. The older we get, the more set in our ways and that long list of things that we used to have to have, they get smaller and smaller and smaller. But it also becomes more and more difficult for us to alter our life and to change the direction of our life. But many times, changing direction is of the utmost importance if we want the right outcome. If we want the right story lined at the end, if we want this to end in the right way, it's going to require that we make some adjustments and some alterations in our life. And so these wise men come into mind when we realize the importance of taking a different road home. Wise men that had traveled from afar. Now that doesn't mean they were coming. Well, I don't even want to go there. Somebody said that's an East Texas term for a fire, afar. They were not coming from afar. They were coming from a great distance. I needed to wake some of you up. Some of you look like you're about to go to sleep on me already. They had come from a great distance and they had gone through a lot. Can you imagine, and, and some historians say that it could have been upwards to two years that they journeyed from where they were to where the Christ child was. That uh, they, they, it was not get on the bus and next morning you get there. They were riding uh, camels or other means of transportation and they had a great distance to cover and not only that they were following a star that was leading them and so you can only imagine the turns and the twists and all of the things that altered their path and now here they are they've been down the road and they've been through so much and here now they are they found him that they have sought and they come in they recognize him and they worship him and they give gifts and that's so powerfully important to realize that when you truly worship you are also going to be a giver and so they gave of their gifts and then the bible said that when it was time for them to go home and go back to their normal routine and their normal life that god spoke to them in the night And he gave them a dream and indicated to them that they did not need to go back to Herod, but they needed to go home a different way. A different way. It's a great thing when God can speak into our life and send us words of encouragement and words of direction. 
But what God basically said to these wise men is that the route that you have traveled to get where you are is not going to be sufficient for you to take to go home. You're going to have to alter your plans a little bit. You're going to have to change something in your direction. How you got to this stage in your life is important. But how you go from this point in your life is much more important. If I were to take inventory this morning, many of you would tell me a different story because you've all come to this point in your life by different means. And that's good. It's great that you're here today. But the road that I take from this point forward is more important than the road that I have traveled to get here. And that's hard for some people to understand because most people are hung up in the past and they are hung up in what has happened to them and what has gone wrong in their life and what has been done wrong to them and how life has not been fair and the hand that has been dealt to them has not been even. And so we spend a great deal of our time looking back over the path that we have traveled to get where we are And it affects the journey that we're taking right now. But the word of the Lord came and said, listen, it really doesn't matter how you got where you are right now. What I want you to know is you're not going to get where you need to go unless you alter your plans and unless you make an adjustment and you've got to listen to what I'm saying to you. And perhaps on this Sunday morning, God has sent a simple preacher to you to remind you that whatever's happened in your past is really the past. And it's great that you can remember it all, but it's not what your future can hold. It, it does not have to dictate what tomorrow has for your life. It doesn't have to be what tomorrow is. That tomorrow can be a different day. Tomorrow can be a brand new opportunity. But however you got here, it really doesn't matter. The fact that you're here, you need to rejoice and worship the Lord that you made it. Praise God. Hallelujah. There have been Herods in your life that's tried to circumvent your journey, that's tried to stop you on your road to to getting to where he is. There have been so many other things that have tried to turn you back. You've been disappointed. You've maybe gotten down into a place and you had to turn around and come back out and go around a different route because the way you were going just wasn't going to work to follow that star. It really, that's important, but that doesn't matter at this point. Right now, what matters is where are you going to go from this point forward? And what's going to happen tomorrow in your life? And what is going to be the next day and the next day and the next day? You can go back over that same route and you can recall and remember, but there's danger in that route and there's problems along that road. And the Lord spoke to wise men and said, hey, there's a different road home. There's a different way to get where you need to go. You don't have to go back through that same circuitous route. You don't have to go back through those same experiences. You don't have to continue to relive every time they come to a certain point in the journey. They would remember how hard it was or how difficult it was or or this was the point where we almost went back. This is 
the point where we even discussed about giving up on our journey. But somehow God speaks into their life and He said, Oh, hey wise men, be wise enough to hear this word. There's a different road for you to travel from this point forward. Making decisions that put you on the right road is critical. Making decisions that will put you on the right path is very important. But it begins by listening to what God is speaking into your life. It begins by listening to what God is saying to you. How you got here, it's your story. But you ought to rejoice this morning. And I want to go back and say that again. I I felt the Holy Ghost. Some of you ought to be rejoicing this morning that you made it this far. Amen. You ought to be thankful that I'm here. I, I, I still have my mind. I haven't gone crazy. I thought a few times I was going to lose my mind. I thought a few times I might even give up and go back. But here I am. Oh, yeah, here I am. I made it this far. I'm here. And so I've come to worship. And I've come to give. But where you go from here is vitally important. Make decisions that will put you on the right road. And that begins with listening to what God has to say. Because believe it or not, there are Herods out there that would like to kill the hope that's in all of us. There are spirits that are working in our world that would like to destroy the future that we envision and the peace and the joy that we have right now. There are demonic spirits and there are, there, there are individuals, there are people that would like to destroy my future. I'm talking about real live human being, breathing, living people that would like to destroy my future. And God said, I'm going to direct you away from that person. I'm going to get you away from that individual. I'm going to show you that you can live life going around and getting away from that person. You don't need that person in your life if they're if they're going to try to destroy the hope that's in you and steal the dream and take away your worship and take away your sacrifice they're not as excited about this as you are oh they try to feign they're excited they try to act like they're so sympathetic with your situation you tell them your story and oh yeah they they sympathize with you but they really don't care about your story All they're after is what you're reaching for, and that's your future and your hope. And God said, I'm going to direct you away from that. I'm going to turn you in a way that will lead you in the right path. I'm going to take you home a safe way, but I'm going to take you home. It's a wonderful thing when God cares enough about our lives to send us warnings It's a wonderful thing when God cares enough about me to send me an alert, to stop me in my journey and say, hold on, hold on just a minute. You got a bad attitude. You got a bad spirit. Your mind's messed up. Your thinking's wrong. 
It's a good thing when God cares enough about me that he sends a preacher or a person into my life and they, they say, hey, listen to me. God's burdened me about you. God's, I, I, I've been praying for you. It's a good thing when God cares enough about me that he will send somebody into my life to tell me that I need to wake up and realize where I am. And though there are many people this morning and maybe even some this morning that resent that, they don't want that. They don't want to listen to that because they've already made their mind up what they want to do. I'm still here to remind you it's a wonderful thing when God cares enough to warn you about where you're headed. And stop you in your journey and say, think about this. Is that really where you want to go? That's not a good place to be. That's not a good direction. And people resent that. But it's a blessing. It's a blessing. There have been many times in my life that I've had my hands slapped. Many times in my life that I've had my bottom spanked when I was a child. And uh, now... Most parents don't believe in that anymore for some reason. But I don't believe in beating a child, but I do believe that sometimes you have to get their attention. And there's a nerve center down there on that part of their body that sends messages directly to the brain, and it works every time. Better than a smart corner or a bad corner or whatever that corner is, sometimes it just takes a little correction. But... There were a lot of times that my mother had to discipline me. And you know what I hated the most about it is every time she would get through, some, at some point in this disciplinary action, she would tell me, son, this hurts me worse than it hurts you. And for a long time, I thought my mother was the lyingest woman in the world until I got my own kids. And then I realized how important it was to help direct their lives. And I realized how critical it was at certain points in their life to really be forceful. I don't mean mean, I don't mean that at all, but to be forceful in trying to help direct their lives. And how painful it was as a, as a parent that it really did hurt more for you, because you don't want your child to be unhappy. You don't want them to cry. You don't want them to pout. You don't want them to run off in a corner and, and tell you all the things that kids tell you. But remember, they're kids, and they'll grow up one day and realize that, that you were smarter than, than anybody they've ever known. Right now, they don't think you have enough sense to get in out of the rain, but one of these days, they'll know you're smarter than you are. Amen. But it hurt. It was discipline. But my mother cared enough about me that she didn't leave me to myself. It would be foolish of me for me to allow my granddaughter who is in that inquisitive stage right now and she is investigating everything. Nothing is off limits. It would be foolish for me to allow her to go out the door here and venture out in the parking lot without some kind of supervision. It would be foolish for me to say, okay, babe, uh, enjoy yourself. I, I hope I, I hope you have a good time. I, 
you and I both know we would not allow that because it's dangerous out there. We would not tell our children to go play on the freeway, just be careful. It's, that kind of thought is foolishness to us. And it, it's anathema to even think that a parent would be so cold that they would allow their child to just do anything that they wanted to do. But how much more does God care for His children? And how much more does God care about my future and where He's trying to get me and what God's trying to do for my life? How much more does God have feelings for me as His child and where He's trying to take me? And sometimes there are things that get in the way and God said, you can't go back that way. You don't need to take that road home. You... You don't need to go back the way you came because there's something back there that's gonna, that's after you. There's something back there that if you go back that way, you're gonna have trouble and it's gonna wind up bad. You're, you're not gonna like the outcome of it. And God speaks to us and He said, come on, I wanna show you a different way. And these men were wise enough to listen to what God was saying. And they followed His direction. I say it again, it's a wonderful thing when God cares enough to send a warning into my life. It's a wonderful thing when God's looked far enough down the road to see more than I've seen. You see, that's what's wrong with us. We only see right now. And we only see what we want to see, even right now. You know that. We only see right now But we only see right now what we want to see right now. But God sees everything. And He sees the future. He has a plan for my life. He's got something He wants for me down the road. And so God is not just absorbed in right now. He's looking down the road. And He said, you know what? If you go back that road, you're going to run into some trouble. You, that, that's not going to be a good path for you to follow. And so here I've mapped out a new, I've got a new road for you to travel. I, I want you to listen to me. I want you to follow me. Just like you followed this star to get here. I, I've got a way to get you home. And evidently there was no star to lead them home. There was only the voice of God to lead them and direct them on their journey back. But they were wise enough to not only follow a star, but listen to his voice to get them back home where they belonged. Listen to me this morning. There are a lot of spirits that are trying to keep you and I from getting home. There are a lot of things going on in this world that are trying to keep us from getting back to where we belong. But God said, you know what? got that worked out. I've got a plan. I've got a purpose for your life. I want you to listen to me. I want you to take this route. I want you to take a different road home. I wonder what would happen today. I wonder what would change about this Christmas season if some of us sitting on these pews right now would make up our mind that I'm going home a different road. 
I'm not going back down that same old path I've been going down. I, I'm not going. I'm not beating on that same drum. Some of us have been beating on the same drum so long. It's beat. You beat a hole in it. You know what? Life is not all about your little drum. Life is about a future, a promise. God said, "I." It's time to put your drum away. It's time to listen to the voice of God. And I'm, I'm pleading with somebody here this morning. If something would transpire today in this service that would alter the direction of your life, and you would realize that the path that I'm headed down, there's something down there that I don't, I don't want in my life. There's something down there that I I don't need in my life. And so, God, I, I'm just I'm going to follow you. The hope of this preacher is that someone will hear from God today and decide to go home a different road. That somebody here today will realize that God cares enough about you individually that He cares enough about you as a person that He would design a plan just for you and say, if you'll follow me, if you'll listen to me, if you'll obey me, I'll get you home. Let's stand together.